Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Hey, as we start today, I want to um, talk about a word called payback. But before I do, can we, um, can we pray together and ask the Lord to speak to us today and right, meet you right where you are? Just invite him to talk to you today. Jesus, we come to you and we just uh, ask that you would speak to us in the way that we need. Everybody in this room needs something different, needs you co to connect with them in profound ways. God, speak to us. Thank you so much for life change. Thank you so much uh, for bringing good news to our hearts. And I pray that today uh, would just be another one of those encouragements or another one of those times where maybe our eyes are open to the reality of you. God, speak to your word and use me. I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you got your Bible, you uh, just turn to uh, Matthew 25, and I want to ask that you would just read something for me. I don't, it's kind of a long passage, and I just want you to read uh, this, this passage. Go to Matthew 25, and as you turn there, I'm going to preface before you start reading. Uh, this weekend was a weekend of payback. Come on now. Now, I, I don't know if you're in this room and you love competition. Ja, I know I heard you talk. You, you don't enjoy football too much, but this was one of those weekends for me because I like football uh, where Alabama just gets paid back at the last moment, you know what I mean? And I just watched these giants fall and it felt so good to me, you know? But it was like one of those moments where it was like just payback time. And last night going to a boxing fight, if anybody watched the Fury fight, anybody? Wilder fight, anybody like boxing in the room? Come on now. Yeah, come on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was, hey, if you watch this fight, y'all, it was like a fight to remember, like five knockdowns. It was crazy. So um, you see uh, Dante Wilder win the first fight. Then you see Fury win the second. So the third one was like the big payback moment, you know? So like whoever wins this is on top for a lifetime, goes down in the history of all-time greatest payback weekend was this weekend. And then I read a story where payback is like etched in my mind in a different kind of way. In the 80s, this guy was drunk driving actually, and he accidentally kills a girl. He goes to court and the family sues this guy for $1.5 million and gets it, right? This guy's never gonna be able to pay that, so you know what, they settle. And they settle for like $936, but here was the stipulation. He had to write a $1 check every single month, the first Friday of every month, until it's paid back in the year 2000. This is back in the 80s. And when I read this story, this guy literally says, I didn't pay some of the months because like writing a $1 check haunted me month after month and I literally couldn't do it. Payback at a different kind of level. But you know, like, would, pay, would that even, like, satisfy? Once that whole debt is paid back, like, you think the family's like, well, that felt good, got him, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take away anything. And as I thought about this, can, Jock, can I get, like, two chairs? Can you give me two chairs? I thought about, like, the, the society that we live in 
Just one, yeah, one of you will bring one. Like, like there's two chairs that we love to sit in, right? I, we love to sit in the chair or see this played out, whether it be sports, whether it be uh, court case. Anybody love like cold case files? Come on. I want to see somebody pay back, you know what I mean? But we sit in the seat of like getting paid, like somebody owes me. Come on now. I like when somebody owes me. Or we've all sat in the chair. You got no chair now? We all have sat in the chair where we owe somebody else. Right? I don't like this chair. But you know, to tell you the truth, if you sit in this chair long enough, it'll be just as much of hell as this one. We were never meant to sit in either one of these chairs. Did you know that? Never. So, but maybe some of you find yourself sitting in one of these chairs. Today, I pray that the Holy Spirit free you from having to sit in these chairs and set you free to stand up and do something different. I believe today could be a different day. Now, would you read with me Matthew 25? And I'm not going to read it out loud, but would you turn with me? Uh, Matthew 25, I believe it's starting in verse 14. Let me pull that up. Yeah, 14, and read that whole parable to verse 30. first thing I want to say about this passage is only God is wise enough to pay and receive payback. Only God is wise enough to sit in these two chairs. But as you read that story, some of you just like, man, I actually like resonate with that last one. You know, he's going to come back and pay people back. You know, like anybody kind of afraid, you better get moving, right? (laughs) I got some work to do. (laughs) I got to get, anybody, like I'm not going to raise hands, but like as I read that story, like through my lifetime, I'm like, part of me is like, oh my gosh, like I am. I want to I get moving. And I've heard people preach on this passage and like, I leave the place and I'm like, shoot, I feel like I've got the world on my shoulders and like, I'm probably definitely the guy who's just going to get cast out. You know what I mean? Like, it's me. <laughs> I get it. But I want to focus in on that one servant who didn't make a move. Why didn't he move? What did he say? Verse 24, he says, he who also had received one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid of you. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you can have what is yours. I was terrified because the guy I know is just like a harsh guy. But what did it say in the very beginning in verse 14? What did it say? It said this, for it will be, there's the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be like a man going on a journey who called his own servants and he entrusted them his property. To one he gave five, and another one he gave two, and to one of them he gave one, and to each according to his ability, and then he went away. So here's what I can see about this master. I can reduce this down about this guy. He didn't come to them and be like, hey, man, like I know you're not pulling your weight, so here's what I'm going to do. What most business owners do, I'm going to put more weight on you so that you fail and then you have to leave. You know, anybody ever worked one of those jobs? 
Come on, it's been hard. This guy doesn't even do that. He knows them intimately. And he says, I know what you bring to the table. So I'm going to give you exactly what you can handle. I'm going to give you just enough. And I care for you this much. I'm going to give you what you can handle. And it's going to be great because I know you. I can see the heart of this guy is different than what this servant is seeing. What did this servant see? What really kept this guy from moving? What really kept him from moving is that he never lived in the truth of his own payment. He never lived in the truth of his own payment. His payment was a was a begrudging move that he felt like he had to make and he felt like this guy was out to get him or find him out, you know what I mean? But it wasn't even the truth. And here's the reality. If you don't live in the truth of your payment, neither will you be able to move and you'll find yourself not moving at all. If the truth about you getting paid back is not well in your soul, you will find yourself not moving an inch. In fact, you will resonate with this guy in fear you will never move because you don't want to screw up the situation. I'm really afraid to move because, man, if I do, what if I screw it up? What if I choose the wrong direction that God never wanted me to and I choose the wrong way and I show up and God, I get back to heaven and God's like, hey, man, you really screwed it up back when you were 12, so the whole thing is kind of jacked up, you know what I mean? Like your life was a sham, man. You didn't pick the right one. Like, I just don't, I can't, but most, like, it seems ridiculous when we put it that way, but many of us live our life like that. I'm terrified to choose this way or that way because what if I pick the wrong one? God's gonna get hacked off and he's this kind of guy, man. Where did you find that truth? It feels so right to believe that though because that's the way we operate here. If you pick the wrong way, you get the wrong stuff. You get paid back. We're here celebrating the gospel. And the gospel transforms our life because it says something very different. It says what I read in the beginning was he paid it all so that you could be debt free. Reconciled. You're not working to prove anything before God. You stand before him holy and blameless. What do you got to pay him back for? He paid it himself for you because he loved you. You're free. What would life look like if you knew you were free and actually believed it? Oh, I would wake up thankful every day, wouldn't you? Oh God, thank you for I'm free. Thank you. Matter of fact, I don't want to do what I used to do because man, you're so good. It transforms everything. But here's why context is so important, okay? As you read the word, if you stopped at that passage, you might be a little bit confused. Why is Jesus telling a story like this in the first place? It's because his disciples, his closest guys had come to him after he'd been teaching and said, hey, Jesus, tell us about what the end will look like. Because honestly, we're a little bit afraid. And so he starts telling him all of these stories saying, hey, prepare yourself because here's what the kingdom of heaven's gonna be like. He's gonna show up unannounced. And here's the reality. Some workers are going to be working and some aren't. But he doesn't stop there. What is the investment that he then invites them into 
is profound. Because some of us say, man, I want to have something to give to God when I show up, right? I read that passage and you're like, man, I want some big moves for God so that when I get there, he's like, yo, you just, you murdered it, man. Like, you really killed it. Way to go. Tippy, on the other hand, like, she did pretty good. You know what I mean? Way to, you did it really good, though. What is the thing, the investment that then Jesus flips it on its head? Because I know all those guys, as they listen to Jesus say, man, the end of times and investing what God gave you. Hey, man, which one of us is really going to come through and show up? You know what I mean? Which one of us is really going to kill it? Then Jesus says, here's the investment that I want. He talks about how at the end of time, here's what's going to happen. He's going to separate all people in all nations like sheep from goats. And on one side, he's going to say, welcome, come, you who are blessed and righteous before me. And you guys, you decided not to get to work and not to move. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I knew nothing of you. But here's what he says are the people that invested. Here's what he says. Then in verse 34 and 36 of chapter 25, Jesus continues and says, here's what it's going to look like at the end. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For here's what I, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Wait, this is the investment that he wants from us? Don't you know if you help somebody who can't pay you, you'll get nothing in return? You'll have nothing to show for it. What? You're talking about investing big money and getting big gains, and now this is the gain you're talking about? I mean, Jesus is teaching, if you can really get into what he's saying, profound at every single level. Because he takes people who think they can earn their righteousness and earn their right standing before God, and they're standing there saying, man, guess what? I've been doing some really good stuff about my life. You know, I've been reading a lot more. I've been obeying the law a lot better. And so God's going to be super happy with me. And as you read this, you're like, but man, is that my life, Mark? Because I've been more concerned with me than my neighbor. I've been more worried about my life than the one who lives right next to me who doesn't know anything. I've been worried about my right standing versus their right standing. And then he'll tell the others the truth. Here's what I tell the others, he says in verse 45. He says, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me, he says. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So what is this passage saying? I believe many gatherings, y'all, I believe many gatherings have ceased to be gospel-centered because we've gotten more worried about money and producing money and who can bring money versus the people who can't bring nothing into our gatherings. And gospel has nothing to do with it. I pray that God keeps us moving in a way where we care more about the people who are not here yet than the gathering that has gathered. 
He invites us to serve the sheep, not the dollars. So listen, I'm about to close, but are we righteous for doing this kind of stuff then? You who are righteous who did these things, are you righteous because you do these things? No, what this is saying to us is, if you are righteous, you will do these things. You're not righteous because you do them. If you are righteous, you will do them. Where did our righteousness come from? Where is this found? If you are more worried over yourself than your neighbor, then you've got to go back to the payment you have received. Listen to me. If you are more concerned with your life than your neighbor, go back to the payment you are receiving Because more than likely, if you aren't concerned with your neighbor, you're living in fear over yourself and you're trying to prove and pay back a debt you cannot pay back. You've never found yourself paid fully, have you? Anybody? I've stepped into that on occasion. And if you're trying to pay back or get paid, I invite you by faith to stand up today. Not right now, but... I invite, you're, you're invited. If this man would have understood and received the truth, I believe he would have been set free to invest his one talent. But he was terrified of losing that one talent because he didn't receive the truth. Where does my righteousness come from? And I want this, I pray that the, Father uses this in each one of our lives because this is the the power, the dynamite of God that can set you free. If you've heard another gospel, it isn't good news and it isn't gospel. A prophecy in Isaiah 54 helps us understand our calling through what Jesus actually accomplished for us. And Isaiah tells about the servants. We've been talking about servants today. He talks about the servants of God and what is available to them. I want to read this passage to us today. And in your seat, you've got a note card. I want us to take the note card out. And we're going to write down four things from this passage. And I invite you, if you have put your faith in Christ Jesus, you've called on his name to be your saving grace in this life then these truths are for you to receive. And I believe this is the power that actually gives you the ability to stand up from our natural sitting seats and stand into the supernatural and step into all that God has for us by faith. Here is the passage and what it says. It says, look, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Where did their vindication come from? The Lord. He declares you right. So you can be set free from sitting in these two seats and wasting your life on nothing, never getting really paid, never taking anything with you, never bringing anything into this earth with you, but stepping into eternity, you are invited to live out the truth. 
And if you live in the truth, you will experience the glory of God, the weightiness of what you were designed to live in, freedom. But many of us have a better truth that we would rather believe and receive today. And we like these two chairs. I like getting paid. I like paying back. And they feel good to me. But these are seats that we were never meant to sit in. Here's the four things that I want us to write on this sheet. And if you have received Jesus and received his payment over your life, here is the truths that you can believe and found your life upon. And then this week, you can begin to live because of these. This is your payday. This is your meal. This is the, this is the bank. Get paid today. Get paid. Number one, weapons might be formed. Listen, never says weapons are not formed against you. Weapons might be formed, but they can't win against you. You say, well, Jay, what about, what about all those guys, man? Like, like Peter, he was nailed to a cross upside down and John was sent to an island of Patmos. And Paul and Timothy and Stephen stoned. You're saying no weapon formed against them, but didn't it prosper? I tell you the truth. They lived on, my friend. This life, some of us live for the 80 years that we have here. There is so far beyond this place. And we've been invited into a heavenly kingdom. That's what we're talking about. So we don't live for this thing. We live among this thing for that thing. It's a different mentality. And the second thing that we see is judgment belongs to Jesus. So some of you in this room, we hear a judgmental tongue rise up against us in our mind often, accuse you, you aren't this and you aren't this and you aren't enough. And guess who is enough? Your brother or your sister or your friend or your pastor or somebody else is better than you. And I tell you the truth, those judgmental voices were silenced at the cross and there speaks a better word over your life those tongues can be silenced in the name of Jesus. Every tongue that rises up against you be silenced in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Be our comforter and our encourager, which is what you say you are to us. So when some of you begin to hear that loud voice, accusing voice, call out to the name Jesus and say, Jesus, would you speak over me what you say over me? What do you say that I am? Listen, some of you are like, man, this dude is off his rocker. I invite you, man, into a real life with the Holy Spirit. Like, it's absolutely real. The third thing he says is, my righteousness is a gift. My righteousness is a gift. And when I say my, I'm talking about you through Christ Jesus. Your righteousness is a gift. And some of us, we love to sit back in this chair and we try to pay God back. And man, it feels so admirable, doesn't it, man? Like it feels so admirable to try to pay God back for everything. I mean, I'm just a pauper before God. I could never do anything to, I could, some of us live like that. That's not the seat we're meant to live in. 
because he gave you holiness and blamelessness that you stand before God without a single fault. What would life look like if, it, if that was really what we had received? Receive that today, fresh and new, just receive it. And the fourth thing that it says, and this is my favorite part, this is my heritage. This is my heritage. Does anybody have an inheritance waiting for them? Anybody, you can raise your hand if you want or not. Anybody got an inheritance? How many of y'all worked for your inheritance? Anybody, come on now. How many of y'all paid for, you worked hard. You said, well, I was their son or daughter, right? That's work enough, you know. <laughs> I get it. But he said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And that word means my lot, it's my possession, it's my right. What if you said, it is my right to have this? And I tell you, you say, well, man, Jay, that's, that is arrogant. No, it is true. And Ephesians invites us into this confidence. And we have this confidence because of what Christ did. And it invites us to stand up boldly from these two seats with great confidence, not because of my work, but I stand up in Jesus's work and he's way better than me. So I better be more confident. I have more confidence in Christ than I ever did in Jay Smith. So I stand before him bold and I scream, dad, because you paid the price for me to say, dad, you have the power and the right through Jesus Christ to step up boldly to the throne of grace as you stand before him blameless and without a single fault, enjoying the right of Christ that he paid for you to have. You're saying, Jay, are you, in, are you inviting me just to live in absolute sin? Because some people would say that. They accuse Paul for teaching the same thing and that's not what I'm saying at all. That's ridiculous. I invite you into the greatest life of aligning your life with his truth and I believe this truth that I speak to you today will set you free to then go and actually invest your life in a way that matters. Can we review? Number one, weapons might be formed, but they can't come against you or they won't win against you. Number two, judgment belongs to Jesus. So let Jesus be the judge. Is somebody in your life needing judgment? Come on now. You need to pay them back because they paid you? Leave room for God. Let God be the judge. Let him deal with people. Jesus is the judge. Thank you, Jesus, for acquitting me. Three, my righteousness is a gift. And number four, this is my heritage. Servants, everything we owed has been paid. Hear it. Everything you owed has been paid. Paid. And if it hasn't, and you were in the debtor seat, then you can call out to Jesus and die today and be raised to life in him and find that completely reconciled. Now, we are free to go help others get paid what the enemy sought to steal. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your truth. Oh God, it's so good. And Lord, I, I pray that these truths are hard to receive. It doesn't even feel right to receive. It feels more right to sit in these chairs. It feels more right to sit in the seat of paying somebody or getting paid back. But God, these aren't the seats you invited us into because you sat in these seats for us, God. You got paid back. 
Thank you for taking that for us. And Father, I just pray that your truth would set us free. Would you send us in this place now? Today, as you sit there and you contemplate these four things, would you just ask the Father to help you to receive these?